Welcome to Dr. Jeffrey Ross, Looking Good and Feeling Great podcast, live from Las Vegas, with his co-host, Daryl Craig Harris. Hi, folks. This is Dr. Jeffrey Roth, your board-certified plastic surgeon in Las Vegas, Nevada. And uh, we're back uh, with season two, if you can stand it, uh, of the uh, uh, podcast. So we're back. Looking good, feeling great. That's us. (laughs) So we're on episode two. And uh, today we're going to actually talk about brow lifts, which is an interesting subject. Um, You were giving me – because I actually didn't even know exactly what that entailed myself. So uh, tell us a little about that. Yes. So brow lift was on my mind. Uh, So uh, brow lifts are really sort of interesting because people – when they talk about face and facial mm-hmm. surgery, uh, sometimes they say, well, it's a facelift, and they point to everything under the sun. Right. Uh, typically, a brow lift is those things which uh, that part of the body which is above your eyebrows uh, or your forehead, also commonly referred to, okay? Uh, as opposed to the mid-face lift, which is basically the area next to your nose, uh, or the face lift, which really should be called the lower one-third of your face Yeah, lift, because it's all really different regions. Right, which right. is the jowls, and then there's the neck lift, which mm-hmm. is basically your neck. So, okay. So today we're talking about brow lifts, and they've been popular and then a little less popular and then kind of popular again. And what it is, is basically it's lifting up uh, your eyebrows because some folks uh, with age or for whatever reason, uh, the eyebrows will continue to lower and lower and descend. Right. So you just kind of get the droopy eyes and the tired, tired look. Exactly. So uh, so tired look. Now, what's really kind of interesting about the brow lift is there are certain options, right? Mm -hmm. So back in the day, they used to go ahead and make what was called a coronal or crown uh, incision, which basically was co- basically from one ear to the other. Hmm. And that kind of freaked a few people out. Yeah, it, we'll, we'll call that the Frankenstein. It, it, <laughs> et cetera, et cetera. Now, you sure. still make that incision when you're doing big, bad fractures, okay? Mm-hmm. So you still, you make your incision, you flip the face down, you get to all your fractures, you plate, you screw, you do, you know, Bondo, chicken wire, whatever you're doing. <laughs> sure. uh, and then you go ahead and you put your the face back up and away we go, okay? Now, with the brow lifts, some folks, especially men and some women that have a, have a too big old forehead, okay, uh, or they have a receding hairline and they want to drag the hair if you want to a little more forward, mm. you're able to go ahead and take a strip at this point, mobilize things, move it forward a little bit, and that really kind of plays into your hands. So that's mm. really kind of cool right. when you're able to do that. Okay, so that's, we're talking incision. So that's the coronal or kind of the big incision. Nowadays, we're able to, just like laparoscopic, Surgery, that's the surgery with the cameras. Less, less invasive. Right. Has revolutionized abdominal surgery and GYN surgery and orthopedic surgery. We're able to do that, believe it or not, in the face uh, and mm. mostly the brow, where nowadays you can put uh, one incision uh, up top, that's for the camera, and then you have a couple of incisions on either side. You have a couple of graspers, they look like, you know, Nintendo uh, kind of uh, <laughs> sure. tools. Uh, and then you're able to see where you want to go. You want to uh, open up that space. You want to put the tissue back where you want it, uh, and then and you can really be pretty exact with it as well. Right. So it's so you say, oh, I don't like. Well, I like this, but oh, better. Okay, and you're yeah. actually to kind of put it down. Mm-hmm. And then the next thing is fixation. Okay, well, you mobilized it. How are you going to get it to stick? And there's a few ways to do it. Um, some. And they're, they're all good. It just depends on what you're used to. Uh, some folks will go ahead and take a suture through the very, what's called the outer table or outer part of the skull, um, and go ahead and then take a bite out of the tissue. 
and put it down that way. Um, what I like are these things called uh, Endotine. That's uh, uh, the company that makes it. Uh, basically, they look like little carpet tacks. Oh, okay. And so you go ahead and you fix it. You make it solid. And then it has these little carpet tack areas. And you can the, the cool thing about those is you can put the tissue on it. And if you and don't it, like it, it grabs it. Yeah. You, can, you take it off. Oh, but I'm like, oh, I like that better. Okay, it's like carpet tack. And... Uh, and what it is, is it's basically disposable. It's made out of the same stuff that disposable suture is made out of. Oh, okay. Right? And we all know disposable suture is the suture they put underneath the skin to kind of sure. align everything before you do the very top layer. Okay. So this stuff uh, eventually fades away. Now, for a while, you can kind of feel it, but eventually fades away. Mm-hmm. But by that time, the uh, tissue has solidified itself and has scarred itself in enough that it's it where, that's where you want it. Right? right? So... That's really been kind of neat to be able to do that because mm. some folks, they say, well, geez, I have heavy eyelids and uh, they've already done the blepharoplasty. You've already taken off that tissue. Um, and what's really happened is, is the brows have gotten lower and so you're able to go ahead and put the brows back. Now, sometimes people will go ahead and do this operation along with other operations like the uh, blepharoplasties, like the uh, facelifts and neck lifts and um, it's kind of goes along with all those things, facial surgeries. Sure. The other interesting thing about the brow lift that some folks are able to do is go in and attack the corrugators, right? What's a corrugator? The corrugator muscle is that muscle there that causes the dreaded right, 11s. The, yes. yes. I, I know all about, all about that person. That, that's right. That's right. <laughs> that, uh, that people don't like, and that's mm-hmm. what you use Botox for, et cetera, et cetera. So when you're in there, you can disrupt those muscles and usually able to kind of smooth out the 11s while you're there. So that's another nice little perk about doing that particular operation. Mm-hmm. So so people usually um usually find it uh very very uh helpful. They, they really and we like kind of and we talked about the term facial rejuvenation and that yes. really plays into that. Sure. So yeah, so it's all about putting things back where it used to be cuz you don't mm-hmm. want to change somebody and I tell this all the time where i think plastic surgeons get in trouble is is when they want to change somebody too much right so if a a bo Derek walks in or raquel welsh or sophia loren i'm dating myself right <laughs> right but all say, classic beauty say though, that yeah. right so but i'm talking about the classic beauty and you can mm-hmm. do measurements all that stuff um walk into you to your office some guys get excited and they go oh i want to change her no, you don't want to change her. You want to right. put her back like she stepped out of, <clears throat> you know, a nineteen. Like really, it's a freshening up. A freshening up, right? Yeah. And so, yeah, you're not going to get every single line out, et cetera, et cetera, nor would you want to. But you basically, <clears throat> you basically want them uh, to look freshened up but not overdone. Uh, and then they lie and say, I went to La Costa and all that kind of stuff, which is fine, okay? <laughs> uh, or my yoga guru or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But having said that, you just want to go ahead and get them, in my opinion, to look really refreshed. And mm-hmm. so uh, that, to me, has always been kind of the goal and not look – people look plastic or Yeah, because we had talked about that, sort of, and we don't want to pick on Beverly Hills, but sort of the Beverly Hills, maybe a little overdone. Right. That's not the goal. Right? Oh, yeah. No, it happens everywhere. It happens – I'm, I'm picking on my Beverly Hills peeps because they can take it. <laughs> we love uh, it. But that's, but that's that's true. Otherwise, yeah, I'm, I'm out of the 310. I won't be able to get, get there anymore. <laughs> so, But, yeah, you, you, you can make that same thing in, in Dallas. Yeah, and my, we have my, in Vegas, Dallas, too, Miami, right? plenty sure. in Vegas, New York, L.A., right? The whole, it's everywhere. I mean, Akron, Ohio. I mean, people get stuff that's, that's overdone. Mm-hmm. Uh, so – uh, I love Akron. Go Zips. See? There you go. Um, I'll get phone calls. Um, <laughs> emails. But having said that, yeah, the whole idea is is, is to, in my opinion, make people look natural mm-hmm. uh, and, and well-rested and not tired anymore, etc. And you want to just put things back and restore things the, the way they were. And so, um, again, 
the brow lift is a tool in our toolbox that we're able to go ahead uh, and do that along with the facelifts and along with neck lifts. Because those, those kind of go, I wouldn't say hand to hand, but like when you have the brow lift, you're often also talking about eyes. And, typically, yes. Yeah. So yeah, so so typically now, sometimes you do uh, brow lifts by themselves, that's fine. But oftentimes, like you said, is often it will lend itself since you're there and you're working on the face, etc. already, to mid-face lifts and to uh, your lower one-third of the face lifts and to neck lifts, etc., mm-hmm. etc. So, uh, so yeah, I think it's part and parcel of, uh, of what that does now again like any surgery you have to be careful uh with it you can't do you know full contact karate on day two (laughs) etc etc um and again because the face and neck are so well vascularized Mm. uh that you do have to go ahead and kind of calm down a little bit let the swelling go away a little bit etc etc uh for that yeah and and also um you mentioned the 11s which so that's the um creases above the nose i guess above the bridge of the nose and we actually dealt with that with myself and you we came in and you did um botox and filler sure so do you find like is that uh, in that kind of range of procedures is that also a really common thing to to fix sure so uh, you you bring up a really good point in as much as okay i have something i don't like what are my options and it's my job i think to go ahead and look at all the different options right Mm -hmm. so and i tell patients all the time i said look my head works least invasive to most invasive right um and so you go with uh, diet and exercise okay well that's not gonna work uh then you go to esthetician stuff and we have some terrific estheticians and they do peels and they do all sorts of you know magical stuff there uh and we have great skincare everybody says that i think we really do and uh then you get into um stuff with sharp pointy objects uh like botox and fillers and that sort of stuff and that i think it can be very effective and i enjoy uh doing that and uh, then you get into stuff which is a little bit more permanent but has a, a little bit more um uh, to it, uh, meaning going to the opera room, et cetera, et cetera. So in your case, for example, the dreaded 11s uh, between the eyes. We well, went, I, had, I had a Grand Canyon. But. We went, we went with, <laughs> yeah. with, so we went with Bondo and Chicken Wire. No. Exactly. So we basically uh, went with the Botox first. Now, again, Botox is medicine that we put in the muscle, stops the muscle from moving so much, and mellows things out. In your case, and uh, uh, in cases that we have all the time for fellas, uh, construction workers, that sort mm-hmm. of thing. You go with the Botox first, and you might knock it down 50 75%. But some of those uh, folks, women too, but especially fellas, they will go ahead and have real ruts, okay? Sure. So in that case, yes, you would go ahead and put in some filler in there. And that usually works out really kind of well. And, and it's funny because I have a few guys but come in and, um, you know, they don't like needles, et cetera, et cetera. But again, we cater to cowards and chickens and we put numbing medicine on, et cetera, et cetera. And they say, well, you know, doc, he says, I really like you and I really like the result. But for about 10, 15 minutes, you're off the credit card list. Uh, <laughs> sorry. For 10, 15 minutes, you're off the Christmas card list. Oh, right. Okay. And then after that, then yes, you're definitely on it, you know, et cetera. Again. <laughs> so, uh, so again, with you is, is we've done the, the Botox and we've done the filler. And the next, if you came to me and said, you know, that's it. I can't stand it. I want this to be as permanent as I can. Mm-hmm. What are my options? And the option would be, well, we've done, you know, A and B. Now I guess we can go to plan C, which would be, okay, let's go ahead and do uh, the uh, brow lift. Let's see if we can get down to the corrugators and take them out. Mm-hmm. The other interesting thing, which some folks read about, uh, would write about and then read about, 
is uh, excision of the corrugators through an upper blepharoplasty incision. So Mm -hmm. they're there for the upper eyelid surgery. And then some folks are able to go ahead and sneak over and take out some of the corrugators that way. So, And again, plastic surgery, one of the things I love about it is it's always... Uh, evolving and it's always changing. Mm-hmm. And um, I had a professor, Gil Gradinger, who I uh, who I speak about often. Uh, he says, you know, Jeffrey, if you get bored in plastic surgery, you're not reading enough. Yeah, uh, because there's it's always, always something new. Yeah. There's always some changing. Some guys are always pushing the envelope. Uh, it's it just for me, it's uh, amazing to go to. Um, to these big meetings. Uh, hopefully we'll have big meetings again sooner than later and uh, talk ab- about all these subjects uh, for guys all over the world. So, mm-hmm. um, and again, my favorite part of those meetings is lunch. Um, it is, <laughs> yeah. it is much, it's not just the box, you know, chicken sandwich lunch, but usually there's guys at the t- and gals at the table that are from Miami, from New York, from uh, Buenos Aires, from Paris, wherever. And basically then we really exchange ideas. And that for me is really, really uh, fun uh, because you say, well, I did it this way. Oh, no, don't do it that way. I did that for 10 years. Now I'm doing it this way. Well, why? Oh, that's mm. why. So, Or what did you think of that last presentation? He says, I thought it was great. No, it's it stinks. And I'll tell you why, because I was his fellow and he doesn't do it that way anymore. Like, oh, okay. So it's it's that thing uh, that you're able to really uh, talk to other uh, folks and really learn, you know, so much more. Do you think, um, and you mentioned men in, in terms of the brow lift and facelift, is there, there's still, I mean, I would think there's still a little bit of a stigma about the facelift. Right. And so, that's something we had actually talked about because I think that the facelift, that that term, some people, it has a negative connotation. Sure. I like the facial rejuvenation. Right. But so, I get, yeah. but technically it's right. still. So you, you can call it whatever, whatever yeah, you will. You this, right. It's same but, you're, but you're right. And, and again, that came with a very, well, he went Hollywood. He got himself a facelift, you know, et <laughs> exactly. cetera, et cetera. Especially in the 70s, 80s, and, and such. I think that plastic surgeons um, really have developed and redeveloped the facelift and neck lift for more natural looking results. Mm -hmm. So you don't look like something crazy or you don't look like something different than you. You're basically, again, trying to get that person back to where he was maybe 10 years ago. You Mm -hmm. don't, I had one guy, music guy uh, come in, uh, super nice guy. He he was, uh, you know, something special in the eighties. Okay. And basically he, he showed me a picture of him in the 80s with like the flock of seagull hair, you know, which is like that now the skater boy <laughs> you sure hair. that wasn't your brother? And stuff like that. So no, he 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 had the full on, you know, uh, uh, yeah, hair band thing. It was right. awesome. We were yeah. all, all of our, out of our minds. We, we, have actually, it was a lot of, we have a lot of those guys that actually lived in it was, it was a lot of, oh yeah, oh, I, I, everybody. Wait, you can't, so yeah. I would go see him. They'd all be there. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah, it was, yeah, it was. Dr. Dr. Dubrow's brother, Kevin. Oh yeah, no, all, all those guys. And it was really funny because I was going to medical school. So I would leave at four in the morning and he'd be rolling in at four in the morning and the dog was very confused. Uh, <laughs> it's okay. Who's coming? Who's going? Who's feeding me? Sure. Uh, so yeah, but it was, it was a lot of fun. We were all out of our minds and I still miss parachute pants. I'll go on record to say that. So, but I kind of wear them. I wear scrubs. So, how, so how far did I go? It's just not that far. How far did I go? <laughs> not not far. Uh, okay. So, but yeah, getting to to men and facial surgery, et cetera, et cetera. Again, ten percent of the folks that are in our office are men, and that's about a national average. I think a couple things. One is if you can if you can put people back to where they were. Uh, but within reason. Again, the the '80s guy that came in and he had a picture and he says, oh, "I want to look like him." I said, "Well, I want to look like him too." Yeah, you know, exactly. Know, Forty years ago. <laughs> um, but I said, "No, let's talk like reasonable expectations." And so we got through all of that, mm-hmm. uh, and we got to something that 
that he was he was good he was good with. Um, but uh, but an- another thing about men in the office, when we talk about uh, fillers and we talk about Botox and such, we get a lot of salesmen. Uh, in the yeah. office, and they're in their fifty-year-old, sixty-year-old uh, guys. And they're competing with these young and guys. And they're competing with twenty-year-olds mm-hmm. and uh, and thirty-year-olds. And they're like, "Hey, pops, you know how come you're tired?" And he's like, "Pops, he says, I outsold you last quarter two to one." Okay, right. and they come to me and they say, "You know, Doc, uh, um, you know, go ahead and spruce me up." And I and confidence is a big deal. And, and and they tell me they said, "Look, sales is all about confidence, right?" One, and he says. I come in here and I feel more confident and I go and sell more stuff, okay, whether it's timeshare, whether it's cars, whether, you know, whatever, okay, yeah. whatever. And uh, they said, yeah, no, my, retur- my return on investment for you, Doc, is like two to one. I'm like, okay, as long as I'm in the black. Yeah. It does It does make sense, though, because people, you know, and we're, I mean, we're sort of a youth culture. Yeah. And now we have stuff. We talked about that before, the stuff like Instagram and all that. It's very driven photo driven right. and they're out there that's representing their business that they're the face literally the face of their business right so yeah so and especially now so many no so many people are making pivots mm-hmm. into different uh, businesses and some people are going into uh, sales again whether it's real estate whether it's um, a cleaning uh, uh, things whether there's so many folks and we've seen that in our patient population is so many people are making the pivots uh, now. And some of them are wildly successful and it took a pandemic uh, for them to go ahead and, and really yeah. say, all right, And that's people it. are really moving. Like you I'm going to do it. You mentioned Zoom and, and live streaming and some of the, these things that a lot of stuff you may not normally notice on your face, all of a sudden you're looking at yourself on camera. For eight hours and, a day. Right. Yeah, we've, we've, we've seen that a lot is people are forced to look at themselves eight hours a day and they're starting to pick themselves apart. Mm-hmm. Now, the corollary to that is too is, is uh, I'm the guy that says no. So if people come in all the time, look, I don't like this. I'm like, well, wait a minute. We can we can do one, two, and three, but we can't do four, five, and six. And so they're like, oh, okay, really? And again, it's up to a guy like me to say, all right, well, how can we get from point A to point B? And sometimes you can't, mm-hmm. uh, or sometimes it would take uh, you know act of Congress to really go ahead and, and do that. Um, but that's why they come in is to get evaluated and then see what their options are. So again, getting back to you is is basically okay doc i have a couple lines i don't like what are my options and again we go from least invasive to most invasive um and all of them can be good options in the right hands and for the right person but some folks are like well geez i don't have the time uh, off i don't have uh you know people to help me mm-hmm. let's go do the le- lesser one first now and then eh, give me a little bit of time and i'll come back for you know the the surgical option and that's fine i'm not going anyplace yeah so. and the juvederm and, and the um the filler i should say and 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 botox i mean those are really there's really no recovery time essentially yeah. so yeah and those are just those are just tools in your in your toolbox so mm-hmm. so again whether it's a uh, you know, brow lift, which uh, which we like doing, and again, it's not for everybody. It's for that certain segment of that population that would need it. Okay, and whether you want to couple the brow lift with other facial lifts or facial um, uh, augmentations, that's all great too. The whole idea is is to find out what the goals are and then see if you can reach those goals uh, depending on the person. And we talked about this in podcasts uh, before is, oh, what's their skin like? Uh, how big a tug is it going to be? Um, uh, you know, are they a smoker? Uh, what other comorbid um, issues do they have? And do they have a heart problem? Are they diabetic? Are they on uh, steroids? Are they on uh, medicines because they uh, have a kidney transplant? Uh, and so on purpose, they're knocking the immune system down. Mm-hmm. So those are all things that we got to talk about before any sort of uh, operation. Yeah, because so. I mean, that can, you could, that's definitely going to affect the outcome. 
right. ultimately. Right. So, and uh, brow lift. The other thing is too is, is is you have to really tell people this. No, no, no. This is really an operation because there was a a friend of a friend of mine who is out of town. Uh, he told me about uh, one of his friend's patients. Uh, how many firewalls can I make between? Yeah. <laughs> it, it basically that uh, got a uh, brow lift and then about 12 hours 24 hours later got this frantic phone call uh hey i look like brainiac you know what's going on and so he came in and he had a hematoma he had a, a, a he's oh, you know wow. sprung a leak which happens right and they said well okay well let's go back to the operating room we'll figure this all out and everything will be fine i said but but, but what were you doing he says well Maybe it was the hundred push-ups uh, that we did. And, and, like, you went to, what? Yeah. Uh, and so, well, yeah, that'll probably do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, how big of an issue is that when when you give? I know because obviously you give very specific instructions about aftercare. Oh, sure. And how big of an issue is that where people don't follow your instructions and then that cause problems every day, <laughs> uh, every day. So, yeah. no, it, it, a couple a couple points on that. Is, is we've had uh, we've had patients. I mean, we've been here eighteen years, right? Mm-hmm. So we've had patients come a couple times, you know, before they had babies, after they've had babies, et cetera, et cetera, gain weight, gain weight, lose weight, et cetera. And we've had folks that uh, come by for uh, for redos and that sort of thing. And she says, uh, it's mostly she, plenty of he's too. But it says, you know, I, I wish I listened to you the first time. Yeah, but I, I didn't. I was young. I was blah, blah, blah. I was running around, blah, blah, and so the scar is a little bit bigger than I want. So now the status post two kids, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and so now they're coming back for the removal, replacement, you know, and lift, and they say, okay, now I'm really going to go ahead and listen to you because I really want to go ahead and make this the best I can. <laughs> yeah, and so I mean, hindsight's always twenty twenty, etc. But no, we we go over everything. There is visual learners, and so we have uh, the book, uh, and we have. Uh, stuff on our website so there's a visual we also have the uh, the folks that learn by listening and so we tell them and tell them and tell them and and all that and we we do our very best i think one of our things is education uh but folks will not get it all so that's why we repeat it and we're always as close as a phone i continually tell folks all the time that don't hesitate to call. We're always close to the phone. Yeah, because communication is really key, oh. right? Well, they've done the the study, and most people in a doctor's office take away about 30% of what the doctor said. Sure. Because okay? the white coat walks in, everybody gets a little nervous, et cetera, et cetera. The other thing, too, is, is if you say the word cancer, they're done. They're, 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 they've, they've, they shut down. Right. So you say, okay, we'll be here, and it's you're going to get- Yeah, it's a big, scary word. Yeah, yeah. Well, so yeah, your brain, your brain hits the short circuit, right? And which- all of us uh, would do, right? Mm-hmm. And so then if you start getting into, okay, well, you're going to have chemo three times a week, and blah, 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 you, you, you forget it. You lost it. You better write it down because yeah. because they, they, they ain't hearing it. Mm-hmm. And, and no, it happens to anybody. I mean, doctors getting that news, they shut down. They yeah. don't hear it. And, I mean, and we talked about this in the last episode, but how, how important is communication? I mean, obviously, we're talking about the brow lift and that kind of thing. But in general, how important is communication in, in plastic surgery right. with the patients? Well, and, for me, it's absolutely critical. One is you have to know what the patient really wants and that's why i sit down and i listen and i talk it's i i, I do more listening than talking i, yeah. I hope uh because I really want to listen to and hear what, the why that they're uh, they're doing this, and then I also want to hear what they have going on in their world too. Mm. In, in as much as well, I got five kids, 
uh, all, you know, two of them are in diapers, et cetera, et cetera. I'm like, well, you're going to need help. Oh, I don't have any. Okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. So, and I tell this all the time. You got to set up your universe uh, so that you're going to be successful. Right. And for you, the recovery time, it's going to be required. Exactly right. So, and we we tell about recovery. We tell them they're going to hurt, but they're going to get, you know, uh, pain medicine. We tell them that, but we also tell them that we're here. And we tell them that, you know, this is the first time you play this game, but we've played this game thousands of times before. Yeah, you know know how that goes. Right. So, by all means is, uh, however, we can facilitate them getting a good result. I see people a lot after uh, surgeries. I typically will see them on day three and day seven and three weeks and six weeks and blah, blah, blah. I see people for uh, for years. uh, And we see people... But that's why you have a lot of people coming back to you. Yes. So... um, so yeah, and and again, you know, you have these consultants. Well, that's not efficient, doc. Well, yeah, okay, but I, a lot of times, uh, a lot of these patients become friends, and I and I do want to hear from them, and I do want to talk. Uh, yeah, and you, to, and you, I mean, you're you're a normal. Even though you're a doctor, you're a human. You right. care about what I try. You care about their outcome, and right. Of so I I try. There's a there's a uh, there's a couple of uh, patients uh, that I have that um, I've seen for two or three years. Hmm. Um, their stitches have been out for two years, yeah. but I keep I keep having them come back because we keep checking in, et cetera, et cetera, to make sure that their gestalt, their world is okay. Yeah. Um. So, so yeah. And, so, and I mean, ultimately, too, that is good business. I mean, it's it's you care about them personally, but also um, letting them know that you care about them as a as a client. Sure. Yeah. So yeah, and and again, a lot. Thankfully, a lot of our patients become friends, which mm-hmm. which are great because. Um, yeah, yes, and and to your point is is there's no better you know referral if you if you will of somebody that had a good outcome yeah. um, uh, et cetera et cetera so um, and then and no bigger compliment than a family member you know coming in or their best friend or et cetera et cetera so um, so yeah so for that it, it's important to to listen it's important to then go back and forth of okay well this is my plan do you think we can execute this plan or not because it'd be the best plan of the world but if they say doc I can't stop smoking. You know, well, yeah. uh, you know, Doc, I'm going through this. Uh, doc, I got two in diapers. Mm-hmm. Then we're like, well, okay, we may have to change that plan. And yeah. that's and that's okay, but you got to know about it. And the only way you know about it, if you stop a half a second and listen to the patient. What are some of the biggest culprits in terms of the face and skin? What are the biggest culprits that you think that, that cause a tired look, that cause um, skin issues on the face? Sure. Uh, so, I mean, is, some of them are obvious, but. Right. So uh, smoking, uh, number one. For any plastic surgeon, uh, smoking, um, one, it's a vasoconstrictor, so you don't get the blood flow where you need it. Mm. Um, uh, Smokers, really, skin is like night and day. And then anything that needs a lift, which means it needs a little tension, whether it's facelifts, breast lifts, tummy tucks, uh, if you're a smoker, it's going to fall apart. Oh, interesting. So, and we have plenty of, you know, scared straight photos to kind of show you that sort of thing. Um, and Is that again because of the vascular issue? It's or? about the vascular issue. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's about vasoconstriction and not getting the blood flow where it is. Uh, sun also, and again, in Las Vegas, we've all been brutalized by the sun over years and years. And you can really see it in the operating room when you have a gal come in uh, and the skin uh, around where the swimsuit line is, is pristine. Looks great, you know. Looks like a twenty-year-old's. Right. Everything else around it looks like a seventy-year-old's because it's just been clobbered with the skin, uh, with the sun, uh, for for so long. And so, really, it's 
really night and day, literally right there in front of you of what has been covered for years and what has not been been covered for uh, for years. And you actually have developed recently, um, and we talked about that before, but you developed um, a skincare product. Yes. Mm-hmm. So uh, we, I think, have the, the best skin stuff out there. I know everybody says that, and you can't say best uh, anymore, yeah. but uh, we can you can say second to none, so I'll say second to none. Um, and the, the, the skincare line we have, Environ line, I love it. It's out of South Africa. It's terrific and the science is so good behind it hmm. and the packaging because of the science because they, they package it so that you don't get uv light in it okay uh and then our i've waited you know 18 years to come out with a sunscreen and the sunscreen we like is a zinc based and titanium based so it's like a shield as opposed to the chemical base because you really rather not have chemicals on the skin and and i have a little one and mm-hmm. so i don't want to put chemicals sure. uh, on on the little one's uh, skin, if I can help it. Um, and so and so the chemical ones are more like a sponge. The UV light comes in and kind of sponges, okay. sponges it, and it kind of changes the chemical nature of it. That's fine. And especially that's the only thing we have for years and years and years. Mm-hmm. And so the stuff that we have is more the titanium or zinc-based. So you remember the surfers with the zinc oxide on right. the nose, yeah, right? the white nose. The white nose, right? <laughs> and then um, and then they put color in it. And so the guys would out there like war paint, you know, which was a lot of fun. <laughs> and now it's clear, you know, so it, yeah. you know, it's, it's much better than it used to be. So I guess I'm dating myself from the 80s with the the war paint and the jams right uh, yeah. you know uh, the west coast was yes it was yes huh um so yeah so the stuff we have i really like because i think that it's user friendly i i think um it basically shields you from the uv light so for all of that mm. that's what we have uh, going on with there so mm. and again that's i think important uh, post-surgery as well is to keep people out of the sun because uv light is the enemy of good wound healing as well oh, okay. uh, because uv light one it doesn't do good things for the wound but two it can make the wounds turn uh darker uh, okay. because the melanin is really kind of all jazzed up with a wound anyways right your body is you, kind of adjusting and then you hit it with uv light and things get uh, get darker as mm-hmm. well so so and, and then of course just living a, a regular we're talking back to the skin thing uh is uh again uv light's bad uh, I mean, you have you know a little for your pineal gland. Okay, fine. Um, a little, a, a little is okay. But a lot is bad. Uh, smoking is bad. Uh, and then you know, diet and exercise is always. Drink a lot of water. Uh, you got to have hydration, especially here yeah, in the desert, live, right? Live in the desert and, uh, and all and all that. Uh, and then yeah, and then you know. The hard drinking, hard smoking guys, they tend to have you know rough, rough skin. Um, the folks have been out in the. Uh, elements a lot. They tend to have uh, rough skin. Um, so it depends. People, Some people's medicines will do that uh, to you. Some of the mm-hmm. people that are on chronic steroids for one reason or another uh, can do that too. So yeah. there's lots of things. That, and your, your skin is your biggest organ in your body. And mm-hmm. you can really kind of see health and not health through the skin as well. Yeah, and people, people kind of – some some people – I mean, it only becomes uh, evident when it's almost too late. Right. Right. That's so Oh, yeah. So that's why I'm all about prevention. I'm all about the skin care. Uh, and it's it's, you know – it's cruelty friendly. It's 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 you know user friendly. It's non comedogenic. It's everything that you wanted. I, I've been eighteen years to, to put yeah. this out. So that's number one. Uh, also, we thankfully now here in Las Vegas uh, are requiring the construction guys to have big hats and to have. Uh, protective clothing down to their wrists and, and all that because back in the day these guys would go ahead and get their first good sunburn to get them all set up for the rest yeah, of the summer yeah. it was horrible and these guys are just getting and they end up now that now they're having to have skin care or oh, it looks kid, like kid, looks, kid looks cancer like, issues looks like leather so, yeah. uh, and again I have a little one and uh, her 
uh, a swimsuit looks like a burqa, right? It goes from the neck to the to the wrist yeah. down to the you know down to the ankle, uh, and uh, it's it's pink and it's cute. It's got a unicorn and a little dolphin, so and all that. And I said, yeah, well, she'll thank me when she's thirty. Yeah, uh, so that's be- true. Because what we've seen a lot of, if you ask some of the dermatology guys, especially, is the folks that have had a lot of skin cancer and stuff like that. If you go back long enough in the history, is they had a few real bad sunburns as children. Uh, yeah. So exactly. if, if we cannot have that happen, uh, that would be terrific. Because um, and again, stay out of the, the the UV light booths and stuff. Yeah. Um, and we have, I mean, as you mentioned, living in Vegas, we have a unique situation. Or really, even I mean, West Coast because we're very, you know, tied into the beach culture and all that. Um, and that that do you see like specific really West Coast specific situations oh, sure. here? Oh sure. Well, I, I've I've lived on both both coasts, and usually the. The, the folks up in uh, New England that mm-hmm. or that don't see a lot of sun and that have always been modest and covering themselves up, et cetera, et cetera, uh, usually their skin is is, is really good. Yeah. It, it's 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 great because again, you know, you don't get a whole lot of sun. You get three months of sun, right? If you're lucky, yeah. if you're right, <laughs> and then you're usually all you know, you're all, you're all kind of bound up and and have lots of you know the sweaters and on top of the sweaters and you have know, a t-shirt on top of that is a. a, a a big old coat. Um, so those folks, typically the skin looks really good. Yeah, you get you get down to, again, Miami, Miami, else, yeah. uh, where you know, not only is it really sunny, but people like running around with no clothes on, and yeah. so getting a lot of uh, sunshine Cl- closer up, to the equator. On the, oh yeah, and, all of it. Um, yeah, those those folks tend to have you know much rougher skin. So so yeah, it's it's um, it, it's really apparent. When you start uh, looking at that, what's um, you know what we we mentioned uh, we we're talking about regions and and right there even with that and what are some of the most common um, I know Brazil seems to be a really active place for plastic surgery oh yeah so but what would be like regionally like for them it's I guess a lot of breast jobs and sure every and- we can get a, we can do a whole hour on you know what is beauty and then what is that particular areas of beauty right so for example uh, Brazil's always been big uh, plastic surgery. Brazil used to have like bigger uh, butts and smaller tops, and then uh, Baywatch happened, and then yeah. Playboy Pam started Lams. going down there, <laughs> and then all of a sudden everybody was getting uh, uh, you know breast work down uh, down there. Argentina also very big in a plastic uh, surgery, and then in, Bra- in Brazil uh, actually for a while there was uh, Doctor uh, Pitenge, um, the, the late Doctor Pitenge, who was um, a big facelift guy and he had actually his own island and you would go down there and you'd spend time on his island uh after you got your facelift etc oh, etc so yeah he's and he was, he was it really phenomenal yeah because there's people all over the world that go to brazil yeah for that. so uh for that argentina huge uh, one that's that's off the charts right now is south korea interesting absolutely off the charts wow. as far as uh uh, plastic surgery uh, goes. Hmm. Uh, they love it uh, there. Um, they up until the pandemic, they were their economic system was really, really rolling, and um, they love the plastic surgery. And there's a certain look, and it's really because it's funny because you start looking around, and if you look at South Korea beauty contests. These girls look really kind of the same. Uh, yeah, that's in, interesting, right? In, and in, what we consider. Uh, uh, attractive in certain cultures, right? right? And, and by I mean, very typical, same kind of nose, uh, same kind of uh, jawline, cheekline. So, so it's it's really it's that part is really sort of uh, sort of interesting, and that's yeah. that's like a whole new uh, a whole new world. Yeah. And do you think do, do a lot of those doctors? Because I actually I lived in Tokyo, and a lot of the doctors sure. I actually saw in Tokyo studied in the states. Sure. Is that common? Do you think for, for plastic surgery around the, the world? Yes. Or? So yeah, I, I think that. 
I think that there's beauty everywhere. Uh, and I think that and there was, I think with Ellerberger, there was a few um, folks that were trying to quantify it by measurements. Because there's actually a mathematical Right. They were there. looking for the, per, who's the perfect face, right? So, all right, who's the perfect face? And, 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 and by measurements and stuff like that. And they went through all of the movie stars and stuff like that. And I, th- I thought he came up with, uh, for you know, Caucasian, etc. Was um, was it Susan Lucci who was the uh, oh. the uh, I think that he came up with. right. Um, but having said that, yeah, there's there's certain elements of uh, of beauty um, that I think are universal. Mm. Uh, but having said that, is is uh, sometimes things change. I mean, in the '70s, everybody wanted to be a size zero. Everybody wanted to be Twiggy, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, lately, we're getting through the Kardashians. It's fashion, right? right. And so, right, yeah. fashion because skinny ties, wide ties, you know, uh, all that bell bottoms, not bell bottoms, all that kind of stuff. I miss bell bottoms. So, uh, right. Um, so, having said that, is but there are some things that you really kind of you know don't you know violate yeah. uh and uh whether it's eye surgery or face surgery or other things and the other thing too is is to really kind of be reasonable and in my opinion be proportionate mm-hmm. and then uh, choose the aesthetic that you like but knowing that there may be a price to pay for example uh, girls that come in and say hey doc uh you know i want you know size g breasts okay so what we do is again we say listen why okay where's the why all right and then we say all right we could let's take a look at you oh well it's you're you're 90 pounds okay we're not going to be able to get there because we don't have skin um or we have to know that there's gonna be a price to pay at some point you're going to have your skin stretched out and at some point you're going to try to reduce them and at that point we may have to do a lift and and all that yeah you may create some bigger problems right so we, we try to at least as much as you can predict the future and say okay this is what you're getting into and really getting to your point educate the patient of all right well this is typically what happens in something like this mm. and you know our, if this is what you want to sign up for okay we'll talk about how to do that but again in my job i like to think is to educate the patient as to uh what's possible with their own body habits because people aren't made out of skin uh, people are made out of skin they're not made out of uh, wood uh, right, sure. or clay and so there's some limits and things are always changing and right. things are always well yeah house is going to age and it may look great on uh, opening night uh but given uh, a couple babies or given menopause and that kind of thing and, and this just uh, came up uh, a couple of um meetings ago uh, a guy by the name of dr val lambros who's great and uh he said that he actually took uh, 10 cc's of fat out of each side of a patient's face mm-hmm. and like there was like about 200 plastic surgeons in the room we all kind of went Ugh! and he said yeah no kidding because 10 cc's on it's a lot, it's, it's a lot. Yeah. Okay. and he says yeah he says and this is mostly the east coast guys I and mean, not to slam the east coast guys but because he says guys you, you guys are putting a lot of fat in faces and they look great okay mm-hmm. but as it you know you got to think a little bit about how this is going to age and Again, they have a couple of kids or they hit menopause and all of a sudden they look like the Macy's Day Parade. Right. And so then they're coming back to kind of get that stuff out. So again, not that we can predict the future. If I could, I'd be at the sports book. Uh, but you can kind of see where this stuff is going mm-hmm. and just to educate the patient of is this is what you're signing up for. What's your best advice to people who have not had plastic surgery? I mean, not only for face, but just in general. What's your best advice to them when they go to see a plastic surgeon for the very first time? Sure. Well, first of all is uh, do your homework. And by that, uh, you can ask your family, uh, your, pra- your family practice a physician. Um, a good place to start is the website for uh, ASPS, which is the American Society of Plastic Surgeons. Mm-hmm. Uh, another one is ASAPS, which is the um, 
uh, American Society for Aesthetic Plastic Surgeons. Those are all board-certified plastic surgeons. They've been through the ringer, et cetera, et cetera. That's a good thing. I would go ahead and – and my office manager hates when I see this – is, is uh, go see three – uh, board certified plastic surgeons, and uh, because you're going to be dealing with him or her, you're going to be dealing with their office staff. There's they're going to be dealing with personalities, and there's different personalities. And some people click with other people, and that's great. Okay, that's why there's so many different you know folks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, they come with questions. It's okay to ask questions. The interesting thing about plastic surgery is the patient is is the boss. Okay, because yeah. because they can go anywhere. Okay, it's not a gunshot wound or it's not cancer. Or they got to go fast, right? So they get to interview the doc more than the doc is interviewing the patient. Yeah, they can okay. take their time and and they, and, they, and they can go somewhere. And guess what? Is I've seen patients twice. I've seen patients come back three times yeah. and time because they have questions, and that's okay. So ask questions uh, and 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 kind of and you know make sure that your questions get answered and um, make sure you're able to get follow up hmm. and that's that's all important but i think board certification is uh, key uh, and i think getting your questions answered is key and uh, and then then you're able to make a a decent decision based on uh, data yeah and we'll um we're going to cover some more about the board certification that's something we've personally talked about a sure. lot and uh, we'll get into that maybe in the next episode and the difference between board certified and non board certified sure and there is a big difference so yes um, so, how, how can people uh, find you if they want to contact you for consultations sure. and you're sure. based in Las Vegas? By all means. So we're, we're here in Las Vegas, but we get uh, people from, well, everywhere. Uh, on the, the website is uh, kind of our, our big um, uh, information source. And there you can learn all about uh, the different procedures, et cetera, um, and the office, et cetera. And uh, that is um, www.jjrothmd, so jjrothmd.com. Uh, and then we're all over social media as well. But uh, but uh, yeah, check out the website uh, and, and see if you can get your questions answered. If not, call us. We're always available. We're always close to the phone. Yeah, and our social media on Facebook and, and uh, on Instagram is look for Las Vegas Plastic Surgery. Dr. Roth, and um, that's e- we're easy to find. And if you have questions and, and uh, topics you'd like us to cover, please uh, let us know because we want to know that. Absolutely. So if there's questions, and there always is, uh, call. So yeah, and, and we're happy to go ahead and answer questions, uh, both uh, in the office or on air, uh, because if you have that question, somebody else probably has that question. Exactly. Uh, yeah. And we and we get that like uh, a lot. Because yeah. when I go speaking, back when I used to speak in front of like, you know, people where you can gather, is, is um, I would make a small presentation, uh, but then uh, the question and answer part was always the most fun. And most people would say, oh, I was going to ask that question, but I was shy. Yeah. And, and you can actually it. learn so, a lot what they're concerned about, what they're absolutely. interested in. So, so yeah, no, that, that part's always the fun part. Awesome. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. And um, also, we'll have Dr. Ross' information, social media links, and website links. All that is going to be in the podcast description. So please check that out um, below the uh, opening page of the podcast. And uh, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks a lot. A lot of fun. And great. We'll see you soon. Thanks. Thank you so much for joining us. For further information, please visit the podcast website link for Dr. Jeffrey Roth. See you next time.